You're listening to At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC. Each week, our team at Wakarusa Missionary Church invites you to join us for a conversation around the topics that shape our lives at home and beyond. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the studio with us as we begin to put the bow on season three. Uh, This has been a great season. We're glad that you've joined us. And today we're going to actually wrap up the series that we're talking about with regards to risk. Uh, We've been kind of looking through the Sunday morning worship service series, and we've been in three weeks now into this topic of risking moving from our comfort zone to engage people with the love of Jesus Christ. And so last week we talked about a story out of Acts. It's actually, I don't know how many times you guys I say this, I think I'm guilty almost every Sunday going, this is one of my favorite stories. Uh, So apparently, can you have more than one favorite? Yes, you can. Great. So I have a lot of favorites. This is one of my favorite stories. It's a story of Peter and John, and they were on their way to the temple. It was shortly after they had gone through all the the, the crucifixion of Jesus, the the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, and and they had been everything from hiding in an upper room to now living with boldness once the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they're heading on their way to the temple. And I like this story because it simply says very clearly in Acts chapter three, Peter and John were on their way. You know, when I think about risking, I feel like sometimes when we're thinking about telling somebody about Jesus, we feel like it has to be this event. Like I was speaking at this engagement, or I had this intentional conversation about this. We scheduled it and I sat down and I brought all my books and I was going to unfold this whole plan of the gospel for somebody. But I like that. It just simply said, they're on their way. What does that tell me? It tells me that they were interruptible. They were on their way. That also tells me you got to pay attention to what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. What do you guys mm-hmm. think? You know, risking, risking on your way. I think that we often think that, well, if I have it timed out, I have it planned out, I have my notes, and I have like point A, point B that I want to do, <laughs> then it's going to get done. But that's all about me, and we've kind of thrown out the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, and that He often brings those conversations at most of the time, the inopportune time. And even, and I'm going to go back to the parenting side that many of my conversations with my kids was not planned, it was not um, foreseen, it was in the moment that something that we're on our way, whether we're in the car or we're in a, a job that we're working together on or we're something comes up, we are in that conversation at that moment. And I think those times are the, the some of the best ways God uses um, the Holy Spirit work in our lives, that he just brings us words or brings us understanding. And like you said, the noticing of the people around us, the noticing of even the, um, I guess you could say the moment that um, that heaviness sometimes comes, and so I, I think I think it's real that mm-hmm. we can plan out as much as we want, but God directs our path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it correlate on their way correlates with um, authenticity. It correlates with just being able to do something off the cuff, and ultimately those things come back to confidence. Um, not only in what you're going to say, but just what you believe in, because oftentimes you don't know what you're going to say when it's off the cuff, right, or on your way or whatever. Um, and so just being able to be confident in what you, what you believe in and what you know, like, allows you to do those things. And so 
you know, if you're not confident in what you believe in, if you're not, if you're not in the word and you don't know what you might say to somebody or how you might engage a conversation, um, you're, you're more prone to not stop while you're on your way. When I look at this story, <clears throat> another thought comes into my mind and it's not really written here, but the idea that I think sometimes we're on our way and we feel like I don't have enough time to have a complete conversation with somebody, uh, Somehow in our mind, we've gotten to the point where we think, I have to introduce somebody to Jesus and help them commit to following after him all in the next 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Because they were on their way. They were on their way somewhere. They allowed themselves to be interruptible. However, we have this idea that I have to complete the the transaction, if you will. Uh, That's not the case. What if we are a seed? What if we are, here's a testimony, here's something that's important, here's a truth, here's something to think about, here's something to live by. I like the picture of being a link in somebody's chain, but not being the entirety of the chain. Mm -hmm, Because maybe somebody else is also talking to him, and you've kind of brought up an opportunity to to maybe say, hey, you know, have you thought about this? Or, hey, what do you think about this? And I I think what you're saying, Chris, is that we let go of our control of the situation because we often like to have it all in a box. All has to look pretty. Yeah, and it has to be wrapped up and ready to go. And really it's taking off um, that control and allowing the Holy Spirit to work, allowing God to move, doing our part so that God can do his part and that that person, if they're interested in in God's at work in their life, that they're going to pursue that um, part, their part as well. Yeah, absolutely. So it's been a it's been a good series so far, and and I think this idea of leaving our comfort zone uh, has opened my eyes again. It's reminded me. It's challenged me. Uh, so a question was asked last week, and we wanted to jump back towards this topic a little bit. Uh, and the the question went something to the extent. And you guys correct me if I'm wrong. What happens when conversations don't go well? What if they don't finish well? What if they uh, what if you, you, you risk, but at the end of the day, it got shot down? Am I close on the, on the I can't remember how the, mm-hmm. com, how the question was phrased exactly, but something to that extent. So what do you think uh, to the listener who says, all right, I risked, but it didn't go well. What do I do now? Brant, you asked the question. Yeah. I don't know. I, you guys like Rocky. Rocky Yo, Balboa. Hey. Balboa. Yo, That's hey, what I was going to yeah. Hey, Adrian. Anyway, um, man, I, I think about, Whenever I think about perseverance, I go back to that movie um, just because the guy gets knocked down so many times, right? And he keeps coming back. And honestly, this scene um, with uh, Peter and John is very similar, right? They keep getting knocked down, put in jail, flogged, persecuted in a lot of ways, and they just keep coming back. Um, And so I I don't know if I know how to answer the question, to be honest. I think that you have to ask yourself, like, you know, we've all had coaches in this room. We've all had coaches. And one of the things that I was always asked as a player and something then I asked my players when I was coaching was, how bad do you want it? And so when things don't go right, that conversation should pop into our minds as believers. How bad do you want it? Not for your sake, but for their sake, for eternity's sake. How bad do you want it? Because honestly, and this goes back to a couple weeks ago, Chris, when you were talking about reasons why people don't risk, like, do you care? Do you care about people's eternity? And if you do, if you say you do, how bad do you want it? Is it worth not always knowing 
the right answer? Is it worth being able to say, like, I don't know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to pray, I'm going to study my Bible, and then hopefully I'll be able to give you a better answer? Um, is it worth being wrong sometimes and looking silly and, and getting humiliated? How bad do you want it? Is it worth those things? If it is, then you put yourself out there more. You, you humble yourself and, and you're vulnerable and you might not always go well. Um, but are you willing to persevere through that? Yeah, I was sitting here and I was thinking a little bit about even what you said when um, people are on their way. And sometimes we get it wrong because of our own personal, I guess, blindness. We're not aware maybe of the situation. And I say this, okay, so we've all... Ignorance. Ignorance, yeah, yeah, ignorance. But, okay, you've been, you're, are you guys puzzle people? Like where, or like where you play, like where's Waldo or, you know, things that you can look at. I I play where's Waldo all the time. Don't you, Chris? (laughs) (laughs) Funny, I have two in my backpack right now, but I have to get them back to the library. They're wanting them. (laughs) (laughs) We know what you mean, Angie. Okay, so these kind of puzzles where they have you look at something and you have to find it. Mm -hmm. And by golly, those are hard sometimes and you just can't see it, right? You just can't see it. But when you see it, what happens? It's all. Well, then you can't not see it. That's exactly (laughs) right. That's exactly right. So it's just like when you want to get a new car and you're looking at cars and you want a new Corvette, that's all you see. Well, everybody has a new Corvette. Well, that is true. (laughs) Whenever you buy a new car, then everybody seems to have that That, same exact. Yeah, because, but you know, this isn't actually um, something brand new. It's actually something our brain naturally does. So if we can teach ourselves how to be aware and how to see people's needs, Mm. how to see people's hurts, that approach to a conversation changes everything. Yeah. Because when you actually go in, because I've made, I pretty much, I've caught people on their bad side. You know, you just know when somebody's hurting sometimes and you just caught them on a bad day. Mm-hmm. And I probably didn't say the right thing. But when you begin to be aware of that, you know what, that person, maybe they just need an encouragement. Maybe they just need you to um, give them a smile, whatever, and come back to the conversation tomorrow. And many of us, we've, we've challenged all of us to find people in our life. This isn't somebody we're just running into at the um, grocery store or at the gas station. This is somebody that is in our life. So we know that if we even have a family member, they have bad days and we have to become aware of that. And so when we become aware, we have a a totally different approach. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, that's just a thought of me because I've, I've put my foot in my mouth many a times and started the conversation wrong because I wasn't seeing Waldo, you know? (laughs) You know, sometimes when we talk about, last week's topic was no risk, no reward. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when we think about risk, we think about, well, I tried that one time. Mm -hmm. But doesn't risk get that much harder when you try the second time, the third Mm -hmm. time, the fourth time, when you know it already didn't go real well? Now that's risk. Uh, You know, the one time you could just say, well, I was ignorant. I thought it might go well, and it didn't didn't work. So I know now I'm not going to do that again. my story, uh, not immediately, but my father's story, uh, there was a, I, I can't remember if I said this on a previous episode. If, if I did, just listen. Uh, it's still good. So he had, a, he had a, a sibling who had wandered away from the Lord. And he took risks. My dad 
said things. My dad challenged things. My dad let him know he was praying for him. My dad let him know that he cared about him. My dad offered some advice along the way, some thoughts along the way. It would have been easy to continue to say, this is a dead end street. It's not going to work until the letter came in the mail. And he said to him, you um, need to know that your prayers and your encouragement and your reaching out to me has paid off. I've committed my life to Jesus Christ. He wasn't very long after that that he wound up finding out he had cancer and passing away. But generations, I mean, it would have been easy to stop and just go, this isn't working. I'll find somebody else. I'll find more fertile soil to try. But the risk was I risk ruining this relationship for a long time, but the reward was worth it in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, too, the the reward is hard for us to see because, like we said, we want it to be in a certain box, and, you know, wrapped up and, and pretty just like we're expecting. And I think God has many of us, many of us have those relationships we may never, ever see the reward to. And I also want to ask, and I don't know, maybe Brant or um, Chris might have something to say, is that sometimes in these conversations— we have to approach it with a totally different mindset that it is really a dialogue. And when you have a dialogue, what do you do? What's the most important thing when you have a conversation with somebody in a dialogue? I listen. I don't know what I don't know exactly. exactly is that where right. you go for? Yeah, I, yeah. Say, oh, I hope I get because the right answer. A lot of times we think these conversations should be monologues that yeah, I'm you. coming in and I'm telling you exactly what, you know, Jesus says about this or, you know, this. And a dialogue is yeah. what? It's two people having a conversation and it's listening and hearing and being well, I, I, I agree. Let me go a little further with that. I also think that somehow we think risking is me telling somebody, I, I, I'm here to confront you, you're wrong. Correct. That's you what know, I'm the, saying. Yeah, that, right. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah. I'm is here it? to explain to you why uh, Jesus loves you, but you've rejected him right now. And I want mm-hmm. you to know the sins of your life and how they're, you know, the, the eternal um, consequence that's coming your way. And I'm basically, I'm here to put you in your place. Right. Are we there to prove that we're right or to preserve the relationship and to lead them to Jesus? Because preserving the relationship looks a little different than proving we're right. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it takes a listening. Yeah. Brant, you have some thoughts over there? I'm still pondering. You guys keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, one thing I like about Peter and John is they continued to persevere. They continued, Brent, you alluded to, they continued to go back. They went back. They kept going back to the same place. Uh, I like this storyline. So they get they get brought in before the religious leaders, and they don't know what to say. So they say, here's the deal. Stop talking about Jesus. Okay. So what do they do? They go back, and they get together with all their, their other believers and friends, and they don't say, these people keep threatening us. They're not all worked up about the threats. They know those threats are going to be there. They know that the risk is real. And so what they do is they just identify that God's in control. God, sovereign God, you are in control. And then they go back and they remind themselves of history. You have always been in control. And then they ask for boldness in the midst of the threats. They don't ask that these threats be taken away, but they just say, God, in the face of these, take take those threats, but make us bold in the face of them. And, uh, and then help us speak. Help us speak. Boy, that's not the American culture. Mm-hmm. Our culture is, oh, it hurt. It hurts. Take it away, God, so that I can be your faithful servant. 
God, make it comfortable so I can be faithful and 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 risking for you. Well, there's no risk if everything is comfortable, is there? Mm-hmm. I I said earlier that you know it takes confidence and knowing what you believe, and but it also takes vulnerability, right? And I've mentioned her name many times, but Hannah Brencher is one of my favorite authors, and she writes a book uh, titled "If You Find This Letter." Um, my journey to find purpose through hundreds of letters to strangers. And this quote's in this book, and it's about vulnerability, and this is what it says. I learned vulnerability is a bit like those Russian nesting dolls, the ones that get smaller and smaller in size when you twist the top off and pull another one out. In the end, you're left with the tiniest doll, that one nugget. No more layers to take off. Nothing left but a surprise. And the surprise is finding out that the littlest doll in the most, is the most solid of them all. It doesn't hide inside of itself. And I think that we as Christians have to pull back those layers and be vulnerable with people. And that might be telling them, like, here's where I went wrong before. Here's my experience sharing your story um, to build that relationship to the point of trust to where that you can take those people with you as you risk. So, a hundred percent brand. I believe vulnerability changes the game mm. when it comes to having a conversation, no matter who that person is sitting across from you. Um, it opens you up to that idea that maybe you have some empathy, understanding, mm. a real um, care for them. Because if you're if you're just coming across that you have something to say, guess what? That mm-hmm. just that just doesn't feel very loving or kind sometimes. But when you're vulnerable and you say, "Hey, mm-hmm. I messed up," or "I've gone wrong here," or "Hey, this is my story," it changes the game. How do we? How do we change the culture from this ignorance and overconfidence to empathy, one of empathy, right? And I've mentioned this quote before too, but um, Aslan and Narnia says, uh, what you see and what you hear depends a great deal on where you're standing, right? Mm -hmm. And so many times people aren't willing to put themselves in other people's shoes or get close enough to them to learn about their experiences, that takes risk too. Like it, I don't want to say it's easy, but sometimes it's it's easier to risk in in a culture that you're familiar with, with the people that you're that you're surrounded with. Sometimes, not always. Um, it's easier to judge those that you don't necessarily. I mean, Chris, you talked about it a few weeks ago. Like, would you guys be willing to risk for this type of person or this subgroup of people? And our congregation, a lot of them like laughed at first and you're like, no, I'm serious. And I think that's a gut check. You know, are we willing to risk? Do we view everybody as a child of God? Yeah. I think we need to pray that we begin to start to notice, notice and be aware. Just like uh, Paul says in Colossians 4, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And then just a few verses later in um, verse 6 let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. In that, when we we're not the answer, God's the answer. Mm-hmm. And uh, being watchful, prayerful, and thankful 
is our um, personal um, position, I guess you would say. And it's not towards that person. It's actually in relationship with Jesus. Because our number one thing in this whole risk thing is we have to be abiding in him first. We have to have that relationship and know that when we're with him, he's going to give us that empathy. This isn't for me. This isn't for another notch or another, you know, medal on my chest. This is for Jesus and this is for the kingdom. And it's for my relationship with him that I want to share with somebody else. Absolutely. To the listener, as we are uh, wrapping up this conversation about risk, I want to challenge you with this thought. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. Uh, Brant, you had the ability in your coaching career to take a group of girls who are seventh graders that ultimately went on and won a state championship, right? As seventh graders, they were not ready to win the state championship. They had to learn some things. They had to learn some things by mistake. They had to learn some things the hard way. They had losses along the way. They had victories along the way. They celebrated some things, and they were discouraged by some things. And they went into eighth grade, and then they went into the JV you know, program, and then they went into the varsity program. But throughout it, they learned the things that were really important along the way. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, by applying a lot of that skill set, gave them the skill set to be able to win, at the end of the day, the biggest prize a high school player could ever win. They were never satisfied. And they always... They always were, were putting into practice the things that they were learning constantly. I remember walking into the gym. It would have been, I don't know, sophomore their sophomore year, junior year, and the players that I had, had the privilege of coaching that seventh grade season, we went on to win the championship in seventh grade. And I remember saying, don't be satisfied. And one of the individuals walked up to me, I don't know, weeks later and was like, I, I don't know how to take that. Like, I don't, we, we won. Like, shouldn't we be celebrating that? And I said, here's what I meant by that. If you always play to the ability of a seventh grader, you will never reach your full potential. You don't want to be satisfied with what you did in seventh grade. You can be proud of what you did in seventh grade. So anyway, I walk in, they're in high school now, sophomore year, junior year, and the gym is empty besides these three or four individuals who still were a part of that group who chose to play. And they're just shooting and they're working on their game and they're putting into practice the things that their coaches had told them to. And I just think that's a testament, you know, like if we, if we correlate that to our, our journey with Christ, you know, we come to church on Sunday and we're fed in so many ways here, right? Are we putting into to practice the things that we're learning? Are we spending time working on our craft? And then when it comes time for the game, are we prepared? Are we prepared to play offense? Are we prepared to play defense? Are we prepared to sit in a zone? Are we prepared to get up and press? You know, if we're using analogies, are we prepared to play the game? And not just to play it, but to win. You know, if you draw that analogy out like you're doing, uh, I think too many of us quit in our seventh grade year and go, well, I'm, I'm clearly not good enough. Mm. I can't do this. I lost. We, we actually lost the game. Mm. So I must quit. 
And the reality is, what do you learn from those losses? I, I like the story, and correct me where I'm wrong on this, but wasn't Jordan cut from his middle school basketball team or something like a high school ba- freshman basketball team or something? Yeah, he didn't make the varsity team when he was like a sophomore, I think, yeah. or junior. Yeah. Something, yeah. He didn't quit. I'm glad he didn't. Yeah. Uh, I'm a Detroit Pistons fan, so I kind of wish he would have quit <laughs> at times. But, yeah, I think it's it's one of those deals. I think there's a lot of lessons to learn from that. So, y'all, listen, as we put ourselves out there to begin to risk leaving our comfort zone to engage people with the love of who Jesus Christ is, my challenge is when things don't go right, don't quit. Right. Well, I want to kind of go with what you finished with on Sunday, that here are these guys. They find themselves in jail because they were preaching the gospel. And then all of a sudden, they're at the temple courts. They're released, and these the council comes looking for them, and they're like, wait, these guys, they were in jail just a second ago. Now they're talking about Jesus here. And they said, well, you know what? Um, nothing's going to stop. We have to obey God. We can't, because they, they had said, you cannot, you cannot do this. And they're like, no, we obey God. And I just love this, this, this guy. Before you, um, some of you guys um, would have sat there. Um, his name's Gamil. Is that how you say it, right? Gamelio. Gamelio. And he he pulls everybody back and he kind of says, guys, okay, let's go back here. Let's think about this. There was groups here that had some following and we kind of let them go and they, they kind of dissolved and disappeared. Guess what? If this is really from God, we're really not going to stop it. That's right. We can't do anything. Yeah, yeah I like it. how he says it. You might find yourself fighting against God. That's a pretty big statement. It is. Yeah. yeah. So who's on your side? Absolutely. Well, listener, we want to encourage you, continue. Press. Press forward. If anything, try it. Continue. Don't be discouraged. There are great rewards around the corner. God called us to fish for people. He didn't try. He didn't tell us, cast once and quit if you didn't catch anything. So continue fishing. Uh Angie, I'm going to put you out here on a spot here because you're really good at doing that to Brant and I. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, no. Get her. Let's go <laughs> as we wrap up this series, this season. Uh, I don't know if we're prepared. I don't really think we are necessarily to prepare where we're heading next and necessarily announce what this podcast is going to do. We're going to take a little break. We're going to take some time off and um, – enjoy some summer. We're going to retool some things. The podcast is going to look different. Actually, there might be multiple podcasts coming this fall. Uh, One of the things we want to do with the at-home podcast brand is to really start, maybe likely here, move off of the sermon, Sunday sermon topics, but move into conversations about home. Anything you want to say about that as we as we well, wrap up this season, look forward to the next. Those that have uh, listened since the beginning would know that we started this answering and dealing with maybe issues that we see in our culture, in our homes, in our lives, in our relationships around us. And so when we um, have things come at us, a lot of times there's a lot of questions. Well, what does God say about this? What do we do in this situation? And so uh, this next uh, season, we want to address some of the questions that we have that are in our homes, in everyday life, in everyday relationships. And so when we say at home, the podcast, we're going to talk about real life and real issues with real people. Yeah. Excellent. So I'm looking forward to that coming this fall. I'm actually going to plan to launch a podcast as well. 
that is focused on people's stories. We all have a story. There's a lot of stories that need to be told. You know, you guys understand that there's times that somebody comes into our office and we catch up on their story. And, and one of the things I often say is, man, I wish more people knew about this. There's some powerful stories of the ways the Lord has allowed somebody to overcome something in their life. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's through a trauma. Maybe it's through this or that. But there's a lot of stories that need to be heard. So I'm looking forward. I'm creating a list of some folks that I want to interview. I want to hear their story. And I want them to have the opportunity to record something that's going to last that they can hand to their children someday. And this is what your dad said. This is what your grandpa said. This is this is a story that's going to last because it's a power te- powerful testimony of God's grace. So those are some of the things we have looking forward to the fall as we launch uh, some different directions of these podcasts, but we want to thank you for season three. Uh, those who've listened with us, those who've listened since the beginning, season one, two, and three, you've seen this podcast take a lot of different turns, and we're excited about where the next turn is coming. So in the meantime, we're here for you at Walk EMC. We love you. We want to support you. We're excited for the journey that you're on, and we want to walk alongside you. In the meantime, we wish you, until next time, all the grace and the peace that the Lord has for your life. At Home, the podcast is produced by the Wakarusa Missionary Church in Wakarusa, Indiana. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and share this episode. Additional resources related to each episode can be found by visiting walkiemc.org and clicking on the At Home tab. Thanks for listening.